All right, podcast listeners, welcome to another episode. We're here in the studio, the oh, yeah. studio closet. Just oh, let me let me silence my phone. You silence Sorry. your phone at once. I'm joined by Jesse Montanus, guys. Oh yeah, baby. Jesse Montanus, a fellow comedian, fellow Jew. Yeah, fellow Jew. Oh, and yeah. Jesse just pointed out, as I had mentioned on my first episode in the studio, that there's books everywhere, but they're all like weird books. Because we're in a, a gigantic library, actually. Basically, yeah. Books as high as the walls. Yep. And we were perusing, and we found uh, the Jewish Book of Why. Yes, it's called the Jewish Book of Why. Yeah. Let's, on the, okay, why do women light candles on Friday night? I didn't know they did that. No. Why do Jews fast on Yom Kippur? Why do Jews ask so many questions? I know. <laughs> this I know. is the perfect Jewish book because it's, the title is so annoying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like the Jewish book of why, why would you do this? By Alfred J. Kolach. Yeah. Obviously. That's Jewish enough of yeah, a name. I would have liked the Stein or a Berg. Right, yeah. Just for credibility's sake. Yeah, but his sounds like... You know, very, very, my family died in the Holocaust, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's, it's very relatable. Why is it necessary to change dishes on Passover? Let's find out. Oh, man. It is not necessary to replace all dishes on Passover. Okay. So. Thanks, Alfred. <laughs> like, no, fuck that. That's yeah. not even, not even useful. Crockery dishes. We're, who's asking these questions, though? Who's right? asking these questions? <laughs> this is funny because, like, I started doing freelance writing. Yeah. And I write these, like, they're called SEO articles, mostly, which are just articles designed to pop up when you search something. So I so wrote... garbage. Yeah, right. garbage. Yeah. Like, a lot of... I wrote four articles in two days that were all about eight awesome things to do in blank oh, Florida. Florida. They were all Florida cities that I'd never heard yeah. of, like Bonita Springs and, like... Um, Minnesota, dude. My grandma lives in Bonita Springs. Really? There's nothing to do there. It looks really nice. It is. It's super nice. But actually. I'm supposed to be running like I I live there. Or something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, if you ever get the chance to come down here, you absolutely have to check out. And he just gives me <laughs> he gives me the eight things to do. Yeah. And then I just got to do a write up, whatever. Like, you know, eighteen hundred. They're all eighteen hundred words for some reason. Yeah. All of them. But anyway, I had to write one about vitamin D yesterday. Yeah. And he was like, he gave me the article. He was like, the article needs 2,000 more words. So he's like, you can add to any sections. He's like, most people add to the frequently asked questions. So I was just making up questions that like no one would be asking about vitamin D. And then explaining in like a paragraph the answer to the question that no one needs answers. Yeah. That was basically my strategy. If I drink Sunny D, that has D, like vitamin D. Are they the same? No, you can't. I love it. That's wonderful. Sorry, I yeah. Quite catch that. Oh my gosh. Oh my phone. god, Siri, you are you are not Siri is ridiculous. Dude. Okay, so um so look, we're here, we're in the studio. Mm-hmm. We have covered the Jewish book of why. Oh yeah. It's a useless book for Jews. Yeah. I have a book downstairs about like the history of the Jews. Yeah. Maybe I should have brought that one, but who is cares? It, you mean the Bible? That's... Well, you know what you'd think, right? Right? Yeah. No, but it's because some Jew was like, I don't really like that book. I think we yeah. can do it better. We can do a better job. He was just trying to make money off the Bible. It's just the Bible, too. It's yeah. The same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's also the history of the Jews. It starts Eden. You yeah. ever heard of Eden? <laughs> okay, so 
we'll talk about comedy. There are a few things that I feel mm-hmm. like we should discuss. We're both comedians, mm-hmm. and you've been doing it for what? I'm coming up on two years. Okay, cool. And you, so. you've advanced, I'd say, there are a lot of people who aren't as good as you who are two years in. Uh, yeah, I guess. It's I'm, a nice compliment, you know, I'm I just, just I'm just moving forward, trying to, you know, I'm just always uh, not happy uh-huh. with where I'm at. I always want more, you know? Yeah. Like, I see someone, it's like, they're eight years in, it's like, I want that. I want all your skill, mm-hmm. you know? So I just keep working, always writing, always, you know, doing something comedic. Not even, like, stand-up, but just you working the funny bone, you know? Do you try to, um... Do you try to be funny in life? No. No, you don't do that? No. Like randomly at Starbucks or something? No. Dude, if you saw me in real life, you would be... Like, anyone who's, who knows me and doesn't know that I'm a comedian would have no idea that I do comedy. Right, right, right. They have no idea. Because I don't even go for jokes. Because just like, when I'm doing comedy, like I've seen so much shit, I've heard so much shit, that everything outside there kind of bores me. You know? Yeah. Like, my coworker made a joke today, <laughs> and I had to, like, it went into my head, like, it's a joke. You have to smile now. Right. You know? Oh, that's the worst. Because I can't, like, if I, if I just, like, stone cold face her, just, like, it's awkward, you know? Yeah. So, I, like, I, in real life, no, I never really go for jokes. Yeah. But when I'm with friends or doing comedy, I'm all over it. Well, there's something about a co-worker's joke that it's inherently oh, bad. So bad. I've never been told a good joke, I don't think, by a co-worker except for at my current job where there's zero professionalism. Yeah. But I remember when I was working as a recruiter and I worked wow. with these people who were like older and then they would try to make it... Like one time one of my co-workers were like, you guys aren't going to believe what I did this weekend. It was so funny. I went to type in Linksys, you know, like Linksys. You know yeah, what that? I don't yeah. even know what that is. Like, I think it's, it's like... some wireless stuff. Yeah, it's for like Wi-Fi or something. A not funny topic. Yeah. 100%. And she said, I put an extra S at the end. So it was Link's ass. <laughs> and you had to laugh at that? <laughs> I was like, oh, nice. Dude, so I remember at my job right now, I've been working there for like a good four years. Uh, there's this doctor, because I work in a medical field. There's this doctor who tries to make me laugh. All the time since I've started. Does he know when that you I was do nineteen? Comedy? No, nobody. Oh knows. wow, okay. And he like, he still bombs every day with me, and I gotta respect him because I was like, he has what it takes yeah, to be he's a comedian. The fact that he still goes for jokes and he knows I will not react. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's a real comedian. Right it's there. a challenge. Yeah, for him. exactly. And he's never won because he's not funny. Yeah, he really isn't. Yeah, that's the worst. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I mean, especially when it's an office job and like people just are like, I feel like if I laughed or made someone laugh, this day would be a little less shitty. Yeah. So they're trying, you know, they're trying, but they're not funny. man. They're just not funny at all. Yeah. I mean, there are comedians who aren't funny, but at least occasionally they'll have a gem. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thank you. But like, no, normal people, like people who just study nursing, no comedy at all. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing there. The only way to be funny in those kind of fields, I feel like, is to is to go dark. Yeah, and they'll never do that because the they have humor. they have morals. They That's have a problem. Too, yeah, they too much. Yeah, man. And to do comedy, you ha- kind of have to drop what you believe in, and just go for it. Yeah, 
Because a lot of people, I, I go really dirty sometimes and like I get shit for it, especially from audiences because I'm not good at being offensive, I guess. But it's like, that's not what I believe. I'm just really, I'm literally just trying to make you laugh. Like, yeah, yeah. When yeah. I'm racist, I'm, I don't really care. I just, <coughs> I just like the word Chinese people and I need to put it in a joke. Yeah. You know, like there's just words I see and I want to joke with them. Yeah. And people don't get it, you know? Yeah. Well, I go through the same thing. You know that. Well, yeah. But you're, you, you've, I think you've gone through so much fire trying to get to where you've gone that you know how to deal with it and your whole act is just breathing fire. Right. You know? Because you know what you're doing and you already know your topics that you're going to jump into. Yeah. You know? Like, you're not, uh, like, a just, like put up a premise and then kill it with a punchline kind of comic so you don't even have to worry about it. I guess when when you're like a what I do which is basically like set up punch it makes it harder because I'm just bringing up random topics yeah, and I'm like yeah, yeah. well pregnancy you know like and yeah. it's just like a little weird for me. I don't know how to get around it. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean it's tricky. I mean it helps to make it into a story. Yeah. You know, that helps a lot. And it's not that hard to make something into a story. I was like, uh, I was with Grizel earlier today. And we, cause like we'll write jokes together sometimes. And I was trying to, um, there's this joke I have like about trolling, like doing grammar trolling on the internet. Maybe you heard it where I'll like correct people's grammar when it's already correct. Like <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Like get into an argument with them. Just I'll spark an argument. And I don't really do this anymore because I'm banned from Twitter, as you know. Yeah. But. R.I.P. Yeah. One R. of R. the B. greatest. <laughs> Dave, Dave Namery was one of the greatest at Twitter. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. True. Like, high-level troll. I'm, I'm, People don't get that. I, good. I don't actually really miss it, to be honest with you. Yeah? No, not, not yet. I think you're going to start to get bored, and then you're going to have to, like, put it somewhere. Yeah. But, I mean, Twitter is such a horrible place to be. This is what I realized, though, you know, being a few weeks removed from it, is that, like, it, it's a meme on Twitter when people are like, none of this is real. But it's <laughs> it's not. It's not. Like, I don't hear about these things. Like, Nicole hit me up the other day, and she's like, did you hear about the new Matt Lauer allegations? Because, oh, yeah, side note about the Matt Lauer thing, because Nicole works with a woman who was friends with Matt Lauer and worked in the same building. The thing is... The exact, you remember when Matt Lauer got in trouble? Yeah. Because he had that button in his yeah. room that would close the door? All the executive offices in that building have, have that, that button. Yeah. It's for security. I, I assumed so. But the way they framed it was like he only had Was it. like, oh, yeah. he must be some sort of sexual predator locking women inside this Obviously. room. It looks so bad. Yeah. And then when Nicole told me that, I was like, that's fucking crazy. But she mentioned it. She was like, there's new a new Matt Lauer allegation. And I was like, I didn't hear about that at all. And then other things like, I don't know, all these like Twitter controversies where it's like, this is big, man. This is big stuff. You know, can you believe it? When you're on Twitter, it's a big deal. And when you're off Twitter, it's yeah, non-existent. No, it's not, it's not even a small deal. Yeah, it no. doesn't exist. Like the other day, they had, um, the big headline was Chinese fans angry with NBA over Hong Kong tweets. And I'm sure nobody in the world... Like, I was thinking about this in my own head. I was like, how did the American journalists get their hands on Chinese people's tweets to find out that they were mad? 
Yeah. Like, you know, they were, like, putting them in Google Translate. And, and it's like, the, oh, they're so fucking <laughs> mad right now, dude. You, you can't even understand. Like, it's bad. That, Google Translate's bad enough going from, like, German to English. Yeah. Or going from French to English. Those are, like, sister languages, kind of, you know? But going from... You ever try to translate someone's, like, if it's, like, um, Arabic? Oh, it's... it's or if it's, it's Chinese real. or Japanese, yeah. you're, like... This doesn't make any sense. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just. I'm sure it was like you, you very bad. Yeah, <laughs> we don't like you, and it yeah. was like they are in an outrage. Yeah, right yeah, now, yeah, you know, exactly. But it's like, and then I talk to people outside because I'm a I'm a Twitter user for like seven eight years now, and everyone's mm-hmm. like, I've never heard of this. No, and I don't care. You know. And now, yeah, I'm really starting to understand just just how meaningless it all oh, is. Oh yeah, no, it's for nothing. Yeah, and it, a lot of it doesn't even make its... Most of it doesn't even make its way to Facebook, you know? It's no. kind of like a filtration system to the real world. It goes from, like, Twitter to Facebook to, like, real life. In my opinion, like, Facebook is, like, if Facebook... If all the social media platforms were, like, a world, Facebook is, like, the back countries, you know? Like, there's no rules, really. There's Like, you know, it's just, like, a suburban kind of, like, nobody knows what really happens there. You just find a crazy video, you know? Yeah. Like, but there's... I don't know. Facebook's a weird platform for me. I really don't like it. They're all becoming stricter in their enforcement of their rules, too. I don't know. Twitter's pretty chill. Except with the free speech. That's the like, problem. I can't But talk. there is porn. Yeah, but so I you could can, show crazy. my dick to, right now. Would you could not take a blocked. picture of your dick and, and just tweet it. Yeah. And you wouldn't even get a temporary ban. No, not at all. And I said retarded. I got a lifetime ban. Well... That's that is <laughs> retarded. Yeah, you know, know. there's no other word for it. I know, but someone told me that that I should put that in a joke because I got banned for saying retarded three separate times. So that makes me retarded. That yeah. I would think I'd is get away with it. But I kind of like I at that by the time I was going for the I was almost like poking the bear kind of. Yeah, I was you like, go ready. ahead. I was like, yeah, go ahead, ban me for life. You were ready. Yeah, you had your arms out on the cross. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. ready to be a martyr. Exactly. But that's that's part of the fun of being <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. Like, I felt like you enjoyed Twitter than I, like, than I still, like, I have it, but I, I don't enjoy it like you enjoyed it when you had it. Well, yeah. there was, like, I was actually, I was talking to someone about this a few days ago, like, you have, you learn how to deal with little mob, like, if you're, if you're a troll on Twitter, then you're gonna, if you're an effective troll, like, there's a few rules of trolling. The main principle of trolling to me is that you have to be having fun yeah. and the other person has to be mad. Then it's trolling. Otherwise, it's like, because I used to be like, I'm angry mm-hmm. and I'm trying to make them angry. But I'm like, that's not real trolling. That's like, this is an equal exchange. Trolling is unequal in the sense that like you're being toyed with. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I had been... People will sick their mob on you if you can get the attention of someone with like 20,000 followers yeah. or with Talib, it was like a million followers, yeah. but then they'll retweet your thing and that it's their way of sicking their mob on you. They're like, get this guy, get yeah. him. And when I used to happen to me, when I, in my earlier days of trolling, I would like get, I would get like a really bad feeling. Mm-hmm. It felt like people were like outside my house <laughs> with torches and stuff like ready to they hated me you know and so it made me feel uncomfortable i get very defensive where did you start trolling youtube comments 
No, definitely on Twitter. Yeah, that's yeah. when I I started trying trolling one time when the YouTube comments got destroyed. Really? For a fourteen year old me with like tears in his eyes, <laughs> like damn, yeah, this happened to me. But, and I feel like trolling is like it's one of the only ways to, which is weird, to gain a following. Like there is literally no other way to gain a following on Twitter other than trolling. It people. really helps, and there are people like Michael Malice. You know him? Yeah, I've heard of him. A master troll. I mean, that's his thing. He just trolls on a daily basis. You know, like Hotep Jesus. Yeah, he's a, he's a great troller. Great troll. He's a great troller. And yeah, that's, I mean, but he's even got a formula where he's like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be controversial. You're going to take dissenting opinions. You don't have to mean it, you know? Yeah, no, totally. See, like that's, I want to know how to, I just want my following, you know? Because like, yeah. I know I have good jokes and I, because when I put them on the internet, they get good reactions. But the thing is, with when you follow all comedians, they will never retweet you because they think their their retweets are so important. Yeah, it's like, dude, just if we help each other, shit, good shit will happen. I yeah. promise you. Like, I don't know. People, people don't are understand so careful. Yeah, yeah, I don't even get it. I I, you know. I used to not really retweet much. By the time I was banned, I would just retweet anything. Yeah. You know, like my my feed was just mostly things I retweeted. Dude, I retweet people so like sometimes just because I was like I like that person and I'll just retweet yeah. it. You know, like not even I was like I don't even think this is funny, but to like help someone and share like dude if if that guy's gonna eat, then you're gonna eat. Yeah, like this is a simple philosophy. That's how all of these things get built. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and it starts with. The comedian network. I mean, think about how you find out about so many of these comedians who are like lower level comics that you wouldn't otherwise know about. They're not doing sets on like late night TV. If you even watch that, which like yeah. so few they people watch clubs. that now. Yeah. So how are you going to like, how did I, I found out about Andrew Schultz because like Jimmy told me about him. And yeah. then, and then I started learning about Andrew Schultz. I'm like, I told everyone, mm-hmm. like all the comedians I know. And then if you like Andrew Schultz, then I'm telling my friends about Andrew Schultz. And then probably the same thing's happening with the comics that I tell about. Because it's going to start with the comedians. It'll start there. Same with Tim Dillon. I told every comedian I know about Tim Dillon and my friends. And then, you know, I mean, that's just how it blossoms from there. Pretty dramatically, too. And then you get on Joe Rogan's podcast and then it's like... Boom! You got 50, exactly fifty thousand follower boost from Joe Rogan. But that's you got to get there first. You yeah, know? it's like, but really, and I know we're just like, I know we do like open mics for the most part, and sometimes we get shows, and sometimes we get paid. But it's like, we, like this is why is there a famine mentality when we all have nothing? I know. Like this means nothing. Mm-hmm. We're playing. We're playing with zero money in, zero cards in. Like. F- Dude, help everyone. Help yeah. every single person you can. And it's this, surprising this, yeah. how many comics have famine mentality. Yeah. It's like half. I would say most. Yeah. I would say more than half. I would say like 70%. They don't They don't say it, but they would not help you. Yeah. You know? Like most of them I see is like they're not willing to help. They're not willing to... To like retweet your your you know your your things that you share your you know they won't look at your statuses they just don't give a fuck mm-hmm. and I think it's because like all comedians are just narcissists it's at, true you know yeah and they're not willing to they're just like nah this guy won't help me so I'm not gonna help him it's like I don't know maybe you should try you know mm-hmm. make a community because I remember when me and you 
were like the only young people around. Like there was no community for us. Do you remember that time? Like when it was like early in our standups, it was like me, you, and like Nate were the only that people was under twenty five. At least in Jersey, that was the case. Yeah, because over like in Rockland, there were enough. Yeah, younger people. But yeah, when we when I first met you, that was just going to Barry's. Exactly. And you're right. It was just like me, you, and Nate mostly. And imagine if we, like, when all the other people that came in to do comedy, it just shat on them. Yeah. That would, we, like, just by opening up and allowing them to be in the scene, being cool with them, we created more business mm-hmm. than there ever would have been Yeah, in the scene. Like, we have... We have people who now run shows, you know, like have their own mics. They they do their own podcasts, and we like if if you don't even let those people in, then there's no business to be done. Yeah, and they don't even understand that. And I think it's mostly the older people, you know, like younger people kind of get it. Yeah, I mean, especially because you can just see how the landscape is changing. Like, if anything, especially if you're a young comic and you can see how the business of comedy is changing to where the comedians are going to go directly to the advertisers. So there's going to be like no buffer zone. There's going to be no like third party that you have to appease in the form of like a network or something like that. Unless you want to go that route. You can still and you'll be able to for a while. And that's where the money is. To tell you the truth, like the, the money is in being a clean PC comic. That helps. That not even necessarily... Well, those two kind of go hand in hand. Like, if you're clean, you're probably PC. You know? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. But, I mean, a lot of the money that comics are making is when they're touring. Yeah. And selling out venues. Obviously, it takes a lot to get there. But, yeah, I mean, like, networks... It depends, too. Because I think... Um, I forget who was talking about it. They were talking about Degenerates. And I think they got, like, 25 grand each to do degenerates oh, that's dope. and then but if you were to do that and produce it on your own you could make a lot more than that potentially yeah yeah and just because i mean like really it is schultz who's kind of creating like he described the analogy as being more like analogous to music where you can release your jokes like their songs like little bits yeah yeah and so people can get a playlist of your jokes and there are like singles, like hit singles, kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, what he did is is pretty much, um, I wouldn't say Andrew Schultz made that that strategy because the first time I ever saw somebody do that first was uh, Russell Peters on MySpace. Mm-hmm. I think everyone found out Russell Peters and, and Dane Cook from the MySpace. You yeah, know, you're right. Would, you're right. They would just released one. Like everyone knows that Russell Peters joke about um, someone's gonna get a hurt a real bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That's a super famous joke. And I don't think Russell Peters even has like much material after that. Right. But that made him ridiculously famous. He's one of the biggest comics in the world. Probably the biggest. one. Yeah. You know. And uh, so I don't. But at the same time, like I, I don't like I don't feel like I'm good enough to be releasing good material yeah you know you ever felt like no that? no no this is what you do this is what you should do and this is what i'm like i'm i want to film myself more like last night yobs thanks mark yobs yobs filmed my set like we did um my show at uh rhino rhino yeah and so i did 15 minutes and like there's some you know i like solid 15 minutes especially the beginning there were some chunks just chop up the video and then the more you film yourself, you might even bomb. You might have like a set at uh, 
like Rhino or like the levity mic where it'd be quiet. So the film would be pretty good. Yeah. And you might even bomb for three minutes, but then like one of your jokes hits hard. Just clip that. You know, like you don't have to have consistently good sets. You just have to consistently get one good bit. And especially if it's kind of a riff that you can't recreate. Yeah. Like I have all these jokes recorded in my phone that I have tried to recreate. And I'm like, there was something about that night and the way I did it. And I just can't recreate it. So I have no problem burying it. Just release it. Let yeah. people online listen to it. And I'm probably not going to do it ever again. You That's know? true, yeah. But it's really funny. I'm like, I don't want to wait, waste this. I'm like, I want people to hear it. Like, yeah. it happened. I can't do it again. I don't know why. But I want people to hear it. So, those are, like, useful. I mean, I'm like, <clears throat> you know, it's not like I'm speaking from a place of, like, yeah, I'm really crushing it. Yeah, right yeah now, exactly. Getting thousands yeah. of views. But it's exactly. like, to me, I was just like, well, it's better than nothing. To just release that this. is true, but I, I really don't know how to do it, you know, because especially for me, because we're I'm I feel like I'm a pretty hard bomber, mm-hmm. you know, like I think most people see me and like they're like, damn, that guy sucks at comedy because I bomb a lot and I bomb often. I don't know about that. I, I think I bomb more, I think I bomb more than the really bad people just because I'm always doing new jokes. Well, so my jokes bomb and that I bomb hard. I always well, do. yeah, like fuck that then. I mean, you know, well, okay, look, first of all, not really. I don't think you bomb more than most people like lots of comics. I don't know. Even the better comics you see in bomb plenty. Yeah. Like I, there are ways to like yeah. wiggle your way out of a bomb, but I don't know. Like I bomb plenty at mics for the same reason. Yeah. Like this, we do lots Saturday, of new material. I do. I bombed. So hard was on, on the show. I it was a uh, unusual culprits, and um, Lee Valentin in Seacock, yeah, New Jersey. Okay. So I was doing Is that good. Like Black Jack Mulligans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was doing good. I was doing my my like first six minutes clean material, you know, just you know doing you know the stuff that I've been working for years. It works. It's easy. And then I did this joke about uh, shootings. And I lost them for four minutes, and it was silence. Right. And it was, it was just like, I don't even know how to come back from something like that, you know? Like, I, I still don't know how to come back from a really hard joke bombing. Yeah. You know? That you gotta, like, I mean, it really helps if you just address it. Sometimes people don't address it, and they'll just continue to do the material, kind of, yeah. like, put their heads down and, like, just get through the material. But, like, in that case, if everyone, like, if it really bombs hard and it's just silent, like, you know, sometimes I'll, like, stand in the silence and kind of just look around and be like, all right, so struck a nerve there or something like that, you (laughs) know, like, but, I don't know, if you can address it and then get, even if it's just, like, a chuckle, then you can kind of get back on track. What I did is I panicked. I forgot all my other material. Really? Yeah, just... Lot, like, just went, you know, lost the train of thought and just lost it. Yeah. And I was doing, like, jokes that I was doing when I first started just because, like, it was my first reaction. It was pitiful. I was, I hated it, you know? And I, like, sometimes I feel like I do that. Like, I, I lose confidence in the middle of a set. Which yeah. Which is, like, the worst thing you could possibly do. Mm-hmm. Wor- it's worse than, like, not being, yeah, n- you know, forgetting material. It's worse to, like, just not be confident. Because, like, there's nothing unfunny about a guy like, yeah. you know like it's, it's the worst and 
Yeah, man, that shit, that shit still hurts. Yeah, it was fresh. I've, I've been bombing all week. It feels great. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, okay, so, you, I mean, I, I know what you're talking about, and I have plenty of those performances. I still do to an extent. I mean, I found that, like, every year, every um, successive year when I look back, I'm like, everything was better about that year performance-wise. Even if there were some deep valleys, because sometimes I'll find myself in a deep valley where I'm kind of like reinventing or I'm like completely rebuilding my act. When you're bombing like hard, hard. Yeah, but I've learned to, it's happened so many times at this point that when I'm in one of those valleys, I'm like, this will be probably two weeks to a month. I'm like, I'm going to, I'll come out of it and I'll have some really great stuff when I'm through the end of it, but it's tricky you know, like, you're just like, I just want one good recording for this week. Like, that's all. Just give me one. Yeah, right? Just know? just a, a chuckle. You yeah. Know? Like, something real. But it's like, I don't know. Because I, I still remember the worst I bombed. It was, like, in February. Like, I I drove out to my college in the middle, in the middle of fucking winter. It was minus two outside. I was like, I'm not going to go out. Made the last second thing to go out there was an open mic at my college comedy night and i went up and bombed for like 45 are minutes. you serious yes. oh yeah you told me that you yes. mentioned the story because they just like heckling. let you they yes. just let you go yeah they just let me they go. just let you go and i just bombed hard like i like it was like a should i quit just like you know right. like one of those kind of and bombs. people were heckling you yeah i was getting killed but i was like because they, could, I could have left and just like you know quit there, but I was I don't know something about me was like I am not gonna let you take me off stage or your heckling. I'm gonna wear you down. You pussy yeah. fucking college kids. Basically, yeah. yeah. And I wore them down to the point that they were like, "Please get off stage." <laughs> and I was like, "Now I will get off stage." <laughs> yeah. Only if you beg. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad I am. Yeah. And like really, I've never gone back there. I wouldn't. Cause no it, reason to. It it hurts too bad. Yeah. And it's just not my it's like literally, I have I don't know maybe you you could tell me but like I, I have like a lot of race jokes but I don't feel like it's racist they're just jokes about race and it really sometimes like divides rooms. Yeah. Well, I mean for the listeners who don't know like you're wait well, you're half Puerto Rican right? I'm Puerto Rican and Jewish. Yeah. Puerto Rican and Jewish like. Yeah, and I college kids will still find a way to make you racist and a bigot, bigoted anti semite or whatever. You know, yeah, obviously. Even though I look both very Puerto Rican and very Jewish at the same time, you do. They somehow I've still gotten like you're racist. That's racist. It's like how I'm talking about myself. Yeah, you know, and like I uh, I was I was got into a comedy festival. I got into the comedy festival at. uh, so I did that show at Nikki's, mm-hmm. and there was this guy from Stand Up New York, and he was like, "Your set was good, even though I bombed." I, don't, I think he said that to everybody, but he was like, "You're doing like you do so many race jokes, <coughs> like in, in Stand Up New York, it's not gonna fly." But it's like my my race jokes are like about me, right? You know, I don't even get that. Like, watch a Chris Rock special. Yeah, right. It's an hour of race jokes. Yeah, and who fucking cares if it's not gonna fly at Stand Up New York? It's like a B room. Yeah, you know, I mean, like it's cool to perform there. I do like that room, but it's like, 
I mean, fuck it. I'll you take stand-up New York. I'll, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. take anything. I'm not, I'm not, okay, yeah, I'm being a little bit of a hater right now. I'm being a little bit of a hater. Stand-up New York, like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Broadway Comedy Club, I love you. <laughs> Thank you for having me sometimes. But it's like, I mean, it, it, and that's a silly thing to even say, that a club, as though they're, they're so concerned with that kind of thing. I guess it depends on the club and the booker. I mean, you really got to go out and see the clubs, because like, in, until you you think like oh it's clean but it's like there's certain levels of clean that certain clubs allow you to do yeah like if you go to Caroline's bro you is better Stanley, not curse. Is New York is not they're middle it's not, they're middle of the road they're I guess I mean like I've performed there a few times and I didn't think anyone was you know like I guess I don't really remember so well but I I don't think I guess the last time I performed there I wasn't yet into the very the deep shit the deep shit that yeah. I get into sometimes like I certainly wasn't denying the holocaust at yeah. Stand on New York and I think that would be a problem if I was I think most clubs would be like uh yeah. can, you, can you not <laughs> yeah yeah you're right you're right but also that shit is funny man like like yes racism isn't funny but sometimes no it's not that's it's not right. even true that's not even true because racism is funny like okay in this sense, especially. Hatred isn't funny. But, like, it, stereotypes. It can be. Stereotypes are hilarious. You're right. You know? Basically, like, the point I was going to make is, like, racism, especially, this is the only time where the workplace jokes are funny, is when you're in a, you know, non-professional work environment, like in a kitchen. Oh, Working so in a kitchen. Shit. That's all it is. Yeah. But people bond like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, I'm if I'm going to get made fun of for being a Jew, then I'm going to totally make fun of this person for being from El Salvador or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, that's just, this is the agreement. Like, one time, th- like, um, one night, this was so funny, because, like, it was at Barry's, you were probably there, and I just did a rant about Hispanic people, and how, you know... Oh, are you like, talking about when Wells' girlfriend... Like when yeah yeah, yeah. she got you? she got mad at me yeah because I said something about the Spanish conquistadors because I was like they're colonizers too which is like valid point I feel like yeah but we, they were conquering other Hispanic yeah. when you're just <laughs> telling people like you know you're white as well yeah which I always Spanish people forget that they're like no we're not white but you're you're pretty white. You're yeah, pretty you're goddamn pretty, white. Depending on who you are, you're like pretty much white. Yeah. That was the gist of it, where I was saying... And then I think... I was like, black people got slavery, Jews have the Holocaust, Spanish people don't have anything. You know? Like, I don't know. They have smallpox. Smallpox is pretty shitty, dude. It's it's yeah. a it's a false premise. <laughs> like, I'm sure they got tons of stuff. I'm sure there yeah. are tons of Hispanic, like, terrible... Spanish flu? Hello? I mean, you know, like, tons of terrible things. But, just for the sake of the joke, I'm yeah. like, being an asshole... But as soon as I did that, Vic went up on stage right after me. Vic Cedeno, oh, who I was remember. Hispanic. And he made a and Holocaust the first, Yeah, the first thing he said, he was like, you know, something about Dave's set reminded me that I left my oven on at home. He was like, why would a Jew make me think about my oven? Hmm. You know, and he was just like riffing on that. But, but then after, we gave each other a hug because this was yeah. like, we were bonding. Exactly. It was like, it's like you, going you after gave each me other. shit. I yeah. give you shit. This is the agreement. And I was loving it give, yeah. when he was making those jokes. I was like, "This is great. This is exactly what I want." I that's was like, what this stand-up is what comedy is, is about. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's about. Like when you're, 
I think every, I don't know, this is gonna, might sound racist. Every retail worker has that feeling when you see like a Hasids come into the store. You know, where we all like, we need to come together. Yeah. Because this is a hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or when Indian people come into the store, like, band together, we need to be strong. Yeah. Because there's 25 Indian people here right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I think that's like a, a stand-up thing, and, and it's, just, it's just a people thing. It is. Really, like, ima- like, imagine if you lived in your village and then just 25 Indian people were there. You'd be like, what the fuck <laughs> is happening? You know? And, yeah. and I think, like, people mistake um in in the pc world they mistake like racism and things like that for and when it's really just stupidity and not understanding yeah and i feel like that's literally coming off in stand-up where it's like there's like this is we're just being stupid and there's not like i guess there's a context barrier that people just don't understand yeah i mean like i heard uh you know that guy like the dilbert comics What's his name? Like, Scott Adams, I think is his yeah. name. And he, he has, like, some interesting YouTube videos where he'll talk about comedy and humor from, like, a more technical standpoint. And I guess when it's, like, in that form, you gotta think about it a little more technically because he can't, like, work on it in rooms. And like you can't he hear can. his context. Yeah. Know? So, but he, I mean, but he, one video I was watching, he was like, basically 30% of the public does not have a sense of humor. That's and he's true. like, it's not to be mean. He's like, it's not as an insult. It's they're not, not like, bad people. Yeah. You idiot. You got not. It's just like, you just, they, they don't really, they're, they're just not wired like that. They don't really get it. Especially when you're dealing with more, you know, like higher levels of humor where it would be like satirical. Like they could watch satire and just, or read satire and just be like, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Can you believe this? Just imagine SJWs watching Monty Python. Yeah. 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 You know, like they, that it probably doesn't even compute that this is like a joke. Yeah. You know? I think, and, and it's just lost. I think it's an autism problem. I think, <laughs> I think we have a lot more autism than we're saying. You probably. Know? It's from the vaccines. Yeah, dude. I think, I think so. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> but yeah. no, like, for autism, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a lot more people have autism than, than it's said. I think everybody has a little bit of autism in there. Yeah, I think if you went through the whole testing of it, because there are undiagnosed people who are very socially awkward. Oh, yeah. And you're like, okay, this is probably mild autism. Yeah, right? exactly. But then it doesn't really matter whether or not you call it that. And some people might even use it as an excuse for their behavior at a certain point, you know? Oh, plenty of people do. Yeah. But, like, I feel like those people are slipping through the cracks and then they're just they just don't understand when someone's like, "Oh yeah, I hate you," and then they're just like, uh, "Like that's when the autism goes full full strength." They yeah. just don't understand sarcasm to any point. Yeah, like everybody knows a guy who has no idea, like he doesn't understand context at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, you'll be like, you know, um, I could I could beat Shaq in a game of basketball, and he's just like, "No, you fucking can't." Yeah, you know? yeah. a lot of sports people are like that. Yeah. Where they, they literally don't understand. I don't I think it's numbers people and like comedy people. Yeah. Some people are numbers people. Some people are like comedy people. And I think they just don't go together. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I, if that's hard to explain. but No, but it's true. I mean, they're too literal. Yeah. At all times. And we live in a literal world now. Where it's like, 
That's why every girl says literally. Nicole has started to say literally. Yeah. And I'm like, we got to nip this in the bud. I will because... literally beat you until yeah. it stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, it would be true if I were to say that, you know? But well, no, that would wouldn't. just make it you wouldn't. a good man. But yeah, yeah, a strong man. Yeah. A confident, good man. Yeah. But you know what? It's funny because the way that a lot of these people will use it, this is just a side tangent, but I find it funny that they will say literally and then they will engage in hyperbole. So they'll be like, I literally drank like 50 cups of coffee today. And yeah. you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like you're, you're using two conflict, completely conflicting. Yeah. When you say literally, it's like. Exact. Yeah, you're like, you're like, I slammed on the brakes and I was literally one inch from this guy's car in front of me, you know? Yeah. Because you were an inch away. Literally an inch. But you don't go, I drank literally 50 cups of coffee. It's like, no, 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 because you wouldn't, we, we wouldn't be talking right now. You'd be shitting. Yeah. You'd be shitting yeah, yeah, yeah. all day. If you literally drank like, you like if you say literally like, this is bad. This is bad news. Yeah. There's no literally, literally about, you would just say it was, it was like this. You and then the same people who say that, like, will get mad at you for making a joke about abortion. Yeah. But it's like, this is my version of literally. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing you're doing just for comedy. Yeah. But I think it just comes back to like, dirty jokes are just harder to do, you know? They are hard Everyone always, everyone like, at the end of the day, it's going to be harder to get off a joke about abortion. That's just it, because that shit hurts. Mm-hmm. I will always say, it's like, like hard topics like that, yeah, it's going to be harder, because it's, it's like a higher skill thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, I, I've learned a lot about approaching those things, and I mean, absurdity, like, to, to raise the absurdity level helps a lot. Yeah. That's like the main thing. I would say if there was like one lesson that I take away where it's like, don't be kind of offensive. Don't say something that's a little bit absurd. Say something that's, Stupid. you know, like one, one night I was like doing the Holocaust thing and I was like, I was like, look, you know, after I denied it, I was like, guys, I don't really deny the Holocaust. I just don't think it was that many, you know, like, I don't think it was 6 million. I think it was like 30 yeah. <laughs> but it's like if I go I, I didn't think it was 6 million I think it was like 2 million then people are like what, what's, what's the point it's too, like, it's what's too the, reasonable yeah and then I, and also like what, what would be the like what, what's the you know what's the point yeah. of making that joke it's like no if you make it if I say 30 then it gets a laugh because people are like that it's the absurdity of it yeah mm-hmm. and the fact that it's dealing with because people like I feel like there is a degree of excitement when you bring up certain topics where people are like cool i want to hear a joke about this they're like enough with the fucking tinder jokes we get it someone take a risk i think people like seeing that they like to see you crash and fail people love to see a bomb it's oh especially i mean if you think about anyone who's like you know that type of person who's like comedy police to an extent yeah they love to see bombs all the time they love to see bombs from people who are taking those risks then they want you to bomb horribly but there are other people who are the exact opposite and they want to see you take the risk and they will give you leeway and then if it hits they will laugh hysterically because that's like all they want yeah they like went out that night they're like i want someone to just fucking rip apart like the feminist movement or like i want someone to destroy like the climate change activists or whatever yeah. like just be really counterculture yeah 
So there are plenty of people who really like it. It's just like on any given night, you might just have a room that's got like one of those people. And yeah, <laughs> and you're exactly. like, okay, you're like, yes. it's going to be tricky. Yeah. But yeah, you're like that person and, and will bond. I, I did Angela's mic at like in Jersey City yeah. a few weeks ago. And I was eating shit because I was being really offensive, just bombing horribly. But my whole set, like, you know, Brian St. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he. Oh, he, yeah, he loves that. He shit. loved it. He eats that. So shit I just kept looking like at him. him. Yeah, I know. I just kept looking at him, and I was like, I was like, it's funny though, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's hard. But actually, it's weird because I have you know I go to Olives every once in a while. It's your mic, and I have like a friend who comes there, and he's like, yeah, I just come sometimes to watch people bomb because mm-hmm. it's real. It you is know? real. Like seeing that. It, that embarrassment, like right in your face, <laughs> is insane. Like he was like, whether someone bombs, whether someone kills, like I just like to see the realness of what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. you know, and how they react to it. Which is like that's not even you like you're like a a sadist, yeah. almost you know like a person who like because I've heard that from many people. It's like yeah, I like to watch people bomb. I've heard people say that. It's like why? I think it's like um... those people like tortured hamsters or something you know like I, well it's it's similar to like cringe sh- cops i would say cringe yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it that's what i was gonna say i was like shows like the office and stuff like yeah. i didn't used to like the office really because it's like cringe humor i liked it i watched the entire show and i enjoyed it but then people started liking it and i was like it's not that funny you know right like, right but cringe like okay what else has cringe humor that i'm thinking of what the fuck Parks and wreck Parks I mean, and Rec isn't mostly cringe humor though. It's like it's it's mixed in. I like Parks and Rec, but whatever. There are shows that are based around cringe humor, and I don't like them, but some people really like them. It's probably similar to that. But there's also the unpredictability of it at a place like Olives, especially in an uncontrolled environment. Oh yeah. Like in a controlled environment, like a comedy club, you're probably gonna see a good representation of what that person can do, unless they're just having a bad night straight up, or if the crowd really sucks. But that doesn't happen most of the time, neither of those things. But if you're in an uncontrolled environment like Olives where things can be wild, then you can potentially see one of the worst comics kill and see one of the best comics bomb like on the same night. In the, right after each other. Yeah. You know, like that happens all the time. Yeah. I remember one time there was this, there was this comic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he went to Boiler Room and he killed and right after... I bombed super hard and I could not believe <laughs> that I bombed after that guy. But I was, but then like someone went like, oh no, all the garbage guys go, did good tonight for some reason. You know, it was like all the, all the garbage comics you could possibly think of and they just fucking had their best had night. Their night yeah. You know, but I, it's a weird thing like that where people is just like something like, you know, like I want a bad comic show and we just see who's the best one. Of the bad comics. Yes. Like, I would love... To, if I would love to have a spot just to throw away like that and just give it to, like... I don't want to name them on podcast. Yeah, let's not name anybody. But there are so many people that are like, give them a show, and I just want to see who has the best set. You yeah. Know? Just to see who is the alpha of that, like, the shit brand of comics there. are. The low tier. That would just be... I mean, that, like, you'd have to let the audience know... When you're hosting it, like, yeah. hey guys, so we do these things called open mics, and we see a lot of comedy that you'll never see. You'll never have the opportunity to see it because you never pay to see it. But tonight, yeah. everything's different. 
Tonight, you're going to see horrible comedy. If they understood that, you want to close that window behind you? Yeah, I got you. Awesome. You know, they'd have to have the understanding yeah. going into it. That would be the worst night for everyone, except the people who love watching bombs. Oh, yeah. But there would only be a couple of them. But the thing is, like, do you ever notice that those garbage guys all have the same mentality? It's very similar with a lot of them. You ever notice, like, where they all think they're great? Mm-hmm. And, and they all are like, I don't understand why they aren't, but I know that I'm great. Like, I had... The other night, after you left Boiler Room, after I went from Nikki's, like, I had a whole showdown with fucking Jonesy at the mic. Because he was, like, you know, he was on stage bombing. And then as soon as I came in, you know, he has that weird thing with the festival. What what weird thing? He has, like, a weird vendetta against the festival because they didn't take him. Right. And, he's, and he somehow placed this, all this anger about not being in the festival... Onto me, because I'm the only person around the part that got in the festival. Right. And he just started going after me on the mic. And then I had to go up after him, and he starts heckling me. Oh, he was heckling me that same night. Yeah. So I called him, I called him an unfunny, uh, what's it? I called him an unfunny bipolar bitch. (laughs) And he, like, got into my face. Really? Yeah, and we were, like, having a showdown. I had to, like, be broken up. It looks so stupid. That's so dumb, man. I, it's so, it's so stupid. Like, all like the entire night, I was just like, man, I just want to follow my dreams. This is all I want. I don't want to have like have to deal with these crazy people. Yeah. That like, no other people have to deal with other yeah. than us. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm like a drug counselor or something. You know. Dude, I just like uh, I mean like I don't get me wrong, I'm like. I'm like a woman with gossip. I love to hear about it. Like what you just told me, I'm like, this is great. I love hearing about that. But with that being said, I don't become involved in these things like at all costs if I can avoid it. For example, two comedians got into a fight recently, right? Not a full-blown fight, but a little bit of a, a scuffle. Oh, I heard about say. that. That yeah. was fantastic. And I heard one of the parties texted me and told me the whole story. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's crazy, man. Did not... I just... I didn't take a side. I wasn't like, you were so right, this yeah. and that. Then, like, the same day, the other party was like, did you hear about what happened? And I was like, no, I didn't hear. Yeah, and it's a whole <laughs> other just, story. Yeah, and then I was just like, same thing. I was like, yeah, I, I, uh, that's unfortunate that that happened. I and almost I like, that's all. got dragged into that shit, actually. Really? Just because I'm, I'm friends with the other party and I and that's just what happens when you're friends with that person we might be talking about different things we'll, we'll discuss this afterwards gotcha. sorry sorry listeners <laughs> but it's exclusive it's, stuff it's always I can't explain it but when you're with comedians they're fucking psychopaths you know like and I don't know why maybe I just have like this thing where I attract psychopaths but like literally all the psychopaths in the comedy community like come to me and they just bother me, you know? <laughs> like, I, I have I have so many that are just, like, they just leech on, and they're just like, yeah. why, are you, why are you here? I'm just trying to do comedy. I'm not even trying to be friends <laughs> with you. Well, just think about the art form, and, it like, all of these things, like, look, like, they're all always outliers in all these, like, pursuits, 
It's like, I always mess with Jimmy. Because I'm just like, you have to have an ego in there somewhere. I'm like, you have to be a narcissist somewhere. Jimmy McDonald I'm talking about. Yeah. I love Jimmy. He's great. You know, he's like, maybe my, my closest friend in comedy. But I'm always like, I'm like, Jim, where is it, dude? I'm like, you have an ego. I know you do. We all do. But then it's like, there are just some people and they're just like, but, but there's only, there's a particular type of person who's going to be a doctor. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of wide variance between doctors. And then there's a few scumbag doctors who are going to take money from big tobacco, you know, back in the day yeah. to say it's healthy to smoke. But these are outliers. And then with comedians, like, the crazy people aren't even the outliers. Like, that fits in perfectly. It's the same with politicians, how the manipulative sociopaths are not the outliers. That's yeah. kind of like the They're standard. everybody there. Yeah. yeah. And then comedy... We're, we're, I mean, like, you know, there, there are definitely, if you were to do a Venn diagram with comedians and politicians, you'd see a lot that lines up in the middle and a lot of negative things that line up in the middle that, oh, yeah, that definitely. make us similar. But there's plenty of negative things that would drive a person to start going on stage regularly so that they can have some attention and they can spew whatever nonsense they want to spew. And hopefully it's funny because if it's funny, then keep doing it. But otherwise, like. It's it's rough. It's rough to be around, and then you have to be around them when they're off stage too. Yeah, that's and the thing. I know it's just not fun. It's so like the th it's just it's hard to explain. I'm I'm so bad at explaining things, but it's like the person that like what you think you can deal with for five minutes for the crowd is like we're dealing with like six days a week, two plus hours, so much weird shit, so much awkward like situations you just get in <laughs> dude this is like oh we were at rhino like three weeks ago and um i was talking to eric full and he had like a pretty good set but I, he was doing some jokes that i think he's tired of mm -hmm. and that's a funny guy eric full i love eric full he's hilarious dude one of my favorites and after and then i went up after him I was testing out some new jokes and it went really well. And then we were kind of talking outside. Um, we were talking like, you know, in the main room of Rhino yeah. or like the main side, whatever, the fucking outside room. Yeah. And he was like asking me questions about writing. And I was like, come outside. I'll smoke a cigarette. We'll talk about it. Have a nice little writing chat. Love having writing chats. One of my favorite things to talk about with comedians. As soon as we get down there, we start talking for like 30 seconds. And two of these annoying and awkward comedians came down the stairs, saw us, and walked over to us. And I was like, oh, no. Because I was like, they're not going to go away. And they're going to talk a lot. Yeah, That's the we're worst thing oh, about those comedians. They, they did all the talking. They do all the talking. And I was like, we will not be able to split because it was like the end of the night. I was like, from here, we go home. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to get the opportunity to talk to him. And Eric's a great joke writer. So I'm like, this is the type of person that I want to be talking yeah. about. You want to hear what with. he has to say and, and he wants to hear what and you have to ruined. say. And it's ruined. And you don't want to be mean to these people and be like, yo, we're actually like in the middle of talking about something. And they might even just like, they would take it, you know, they would just take it in the worst way. So it's just not worth dealing with the headache. Now you've made an enemy with one of these people. I actually had one of the worst things ever where it was weird because it was like two Staten Island guys at these at this mic and I was with a, a mic 
I was at a mic with a, a bad comedian, but a friend. Mm-hmm. And um, bad Staten Island comedian goes up, does eh. Good Staten Island comedian goes up, kills. You know, so I go, I'm trying to talk to this good comedian. And fucking bad Staten Island comedian comes over, starts talking, talking, talking. My bad comedian friend comes over, they start talking, and it's just me and him looking at each other. And it was like, I please, I just want to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Why are they oh, doing God, this? Dude. They're talking so much. That's it, 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 it factors into the family mentality because they're like, I don't want I don't want to just let Jesse talk to the good comedian. I want to talk to the good comedian too. This happens all the time. Like, dude, Josh, Josh Kincaid, he's like a local celebrity. Oh, and yeah. you, you can't, know, you can't talk to him. I know, and I'm just like, that's just you know. I just want to like talk to Josh like as a friend watching the Giants games. Yeah, Yeah, like whatever. Like we're just yeah, we're just shooting the shit. Like I know Josh for like you know for a long time. And And then there's some guy like I heard you opened up for Nick DiPaolo. Yeah, yeah. And And he's like, hey, did you see the second joke that I did? Yeah. Did you? I'm thinking about moving this word to here, and then we're just like, whatever you want, man. Like, (laughs) I hate I hate when like I. I don't like to talk about exact jokes. No, with no, comedians. no, 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 no. We can talk talk we can about talk philosophy or ideas yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like perspectives. But don't don't hit me with like, should I change the word to here? I don't give a fuck. When I'm off the stage, and especially when I'm outside, I am not here to talk about comedy. Yeah, I'm here to talk about bullshit. You people, know? people get in. Like, I think um, part of like, you know, who's had a lot of influence on younger comics recently has been Gary Goldman for sure with yeah. his tips, and I haven't been able to see his tips, but they've actually gotten like pretty bad. It seems like he's running out of he things had to this, say. He had this one where it's like, nothing feels better than writing a great joke, and this is coming from a guy who can dunk a basketball. Like that was the that was the thing, and that I was just like tip. wrote to him was like, this isn't a tip. You just humble brag that you can dunk a basketball yeah gary goldman like seems like he's got a big ego <laughs> That's for i'm sure. sure he has a gigantic yeah fucking, yeah i could tell he yeah has a gigantic fucking he got so many likes and it was like everyone knows you're just talking because you can dunk a basketball which is cool gary like that's fucking cool yeah it is cool but give me a real tip here. yeah i know but you know what i mean it's like he doesn't have to do it at the exactly. same time and he has provided a lot yeah the problem with him or his influence that he's had on comedians is that everyone thinks that they need to write jokes like Gary Goldman. Yeah. And Gary Goldman's like a wordsmith. Like He's very literary. Yeah. I don't and, even find him that funny, to tell you the truth. That's not my kind of comedy. No, it's not my but kind I of comedy him. either. And I respect him as well. I respect his comedy, definitely. But you know what? Like Everyone thinks that they need to be writing their jokes that way too. I mean, if you want to hear the exact differing perspective, then you listen to Tim Dillon talk about his comedy, where he's like, I'm going up there with a perspective... And a few punchlines. Yeah. Like, that's basically it. It's very loose. That's more like what I oh, do. Bill Burr doesn't even write. He just remembers everything in his head. And he's like, I just want to talk about this. I think that's it a myth. Because I have heard, like, I heard one, like, podcast where Bobby Kelly was talking about how Bill Burr will be writing all the time. Maybe he doesn't write much anymore. I heard that Burr um, videotapes himself all the that time. That makes sense. That's, like, that's what he does. Because I was talking to Matt Kelly. Matt Kelly, great comedian. Doesn't really come out a lot. Matt Kelly, but, shout out. Shout out to Matt Kelly. But he, he used to be in New York a lot. And like Burr would come in and he would like set up a video camera and he would go. And then 
when he would when a joke would bomb, he would turn to the video camera and be like, "Don't do that joke," <laughs> and he'd just keep going. That's cool. You know, like so, you know, like Gary Goldman's tips are like for one person. He can yeah. only get you so far. Yeah, yeah, and and so, and people forget his tips. His tips are basically like work at writing jokes every day, not write the way I write. Yeah, it's just. Work at it every day. Work harder. Ask for spots. Like, just obvious, easy mm-hmm. things that you should know as a comedian. You know? Like, mm-hmm. you should be asking for spots. You're not funny enough to not, to, you know, to just get spots. You should be working at writing jokes. Because you're not funny enough to just walk up and, you know, have five minutes. Yeah. Like, these are obvious things. But everyone feels like, oh, I gotta be like... Like, everyone knows a guy... I'm talking about a certain guy. Everyone was a guy who um, thinks they're a professional, but hits an open mic five out of the seven days a week. Right. You know? But but pretends like they are a professional comedian. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that shit is the most infuriating thing ever, in my opinion. Like, that shit kills me every time. It like, is bothersome. It's like, dude... You're you're struggling just like me. What what's happening here, dude? Like what do, what do you mean? Well, I don't know. They're like appearances. They're like my appearance of being a professional will, yeah, yeah. will make it an actuality, perhaps. You know. Maybe, but I feel like it, especially with comedy, if it, if there's dishonesty, like people see right through that shit. I know. You know. I know. Like that's why when I come up, like even when I tell people I do comedy, it's like I like I I try I try yeah. I try to do comedy really hard, mm-hmm. but like I don't know if I do it good yeah. for the most part. I don't even know. I probably suck. Now you've got you've got enough evidence, I would say, to at least know you're funny. I don't know. I I I've like two YouTube videos and uh, they both have like eight views each, and I'm pretty sure I'm all eight views. Yeah. What does know? it matter though? What does it matter about how many? Like the those things. Those things like, you know, the behind the scenes build up over time, that's the long haul. But the, like, when people find out and then the, the followers and the views start coming, that's yeah. like fucking, that's like, you know, uh, lighting a fuse. Yeah, man. Like, that just grows exponentially. Yeah. I'm and excited because I'm going to get canceled so hard. You're going to get, are you kidding me, man? I've, <laughs> I've got episodes dedicated to getting canceled <laughs> of this true. podcast. Like, it's true. in but the episode, I'm like, Twitter. please cancel me. I have a Twitter since I was like 16 years me old. Me too, man. I was just <laughs> <Same> writing <laughs> the N-word yeah. people all the time. Yeah. You know, like, j- just saying horrible shit. No, think about it. By the time, by the time we get to where we want to get to, they're not, they're going to be so numb. The public is going to be so numb to cancellation. It's going to be I over. so. People are starting to get like, Cancellation is going to happen until like 2022 and then they're just going to stop and they're going to be like, wait a minute. This whole generation had the internet when they were eight. Yeah. But everyone said dumb shit, man. So they're like, we can't really do this or we'd have to cancel everyone. And the thing that's going to change it is the people who are doing the canceling are going to get caught with cancelable offenses. Oh, dude. Did you see that that New York Times writer? She got caught. When um with the Shane Gillis stuff where he was saying the homophobic stuff and then they looked in her Twitter and she had like a ridiculous amount of homophobic that's, tweets. That's the best. That's what'll stop it because people are like, you can't take it seriously anymore. Yeah. 
And people are like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel, I feel like people are coming around on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Finally, you know, but it's like, it's just a, I don't know, the, the old school gotcha journalism has like almost run its course, but we'll still have it around. We'll probably still have it around till we're older. It's just going to be like, it seems like the only thing now. It seems like the only thing that journalists yeah. do is get people. Yeah, I was, and I, I was I, saying that. I saw an article yesterday, a CNN article, and it was about what they're doing to Muslims in China. Like, you know, the they're called There's like... Muslims in China? Yeah, they're called... This is... Okay, look, don't <laughs> laugh. Why would they're you called, be a Muslim in China? They're called Uyghurs. <laughs> I swear they're called but it's 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 like U-Y-G-H-U-R they're called Uyghur yeah. Chinese people yeah, yeah. and they're in uh, Xinjiang which is yeah, they just have backwards Uyghurs. hats <laughs> but look I know it sucks as soon as I I heard the pronunciation I come from China I dance on cardboard box with head this is my culture yeah man that's like when I saw it spelled out I was like how the fuck do you pronounce that and I listened to the video or I watched the video and it was like Uyghur and yeah, I was how, like that's the worst how do you expect to be taken seriously but dude. but anyway I'm like cause I I had just heard like oh they're they're doing fucked up things in China as usual and surprise um, surprise yeah <laughs> but this article <clears throat> it was so good and I was like there are still good journalists at CNN. Oh my God. I was like, this is, but those are the real journalists. This person like goes to China yeah, and they don't pay attention goes to, them to these Muslims, asks them face to face what they're doing. No one, like hardly anyone knows about this. Probably way more people know about like, you know, what is Joe Biden beefing with about Trump today? <laughs> Who, specifically? Whose head did Joe Biden sniff? Last yeah. Saturday? Yeah, exactly. But no one cares that they're like rounding up Muslims in China and throwing them in the detention facilities. I didn't know about it, but like, thankfully, there are no still idea. good journalists. But no one cares. So the gotcha stuff, it'll live on until like people don't really care about that either. Which like, if if people are gonna get canceled like every single day or like you know every week, and then eventually, someone that. And eventually, everyone's going to see someone who they really like get canceled and for bullshit, probably. And they're oh, going to yeah. go, wait a second. That guy? I've been yeah. contributing to this kind of thing. So if someone was like, if someone was like, fuck Louis C.K., he's a fucking horrible person, but they love Aziz, and then they saw what happened with Aziz, yeah. and the fact that it was a bad date, and they're maybe like, oh, maybe in the future I should be a little more careful. Or the Ellen thing. What was the Ellen thing? Most recently, Ellen got found, you know, there was a picture of Ellen, she's hanging with George Bush. I like saw they're that, boys. Yeah. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. cool. And then she was like, yeah, he's my friend. Yeah. I've heard Aaron Allen's a, an asshole. I've heard the same. Yeah. And but it, I it don't makes know. sense. Speculation. But either way, you can't be you that don't rich wanna... if you're not an asshole, dude. Yeah, you're right. You're like, right. I mean, she is probably the richest person who's a comedian. Yeah. Probably. Maybe, maybe Jerry Seinfeld. Maybe is Seinfeld, maybe Kevin Hart. But like, they're if all... you're that rich, you're probably an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have, like I always say, like, once you're rich, what is the point of treating people nice? Yeah. There's no point. Yeah. You're, you're rich. There's nothing in it. You don't have to do anything. You just treat people like they're pieces of shit. Because they are. They're poor pieces <laughs> of shit. I can't wait to be rich. Yeah. I'm going to pe- treat people horribly. I, I am going to... I'm just going to manipulate people. But yeah. I'll make them think that I'm being nice. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just going to be the Jews. Yeah. Exactly. You're I just, mean, it's still in my blood as yeah. much as I may... Rage against the machine of jewelry. Yeah, it still is within me. What time is it? 
Well, it's good. It's, it's good. We're doing okay. I gotta, I gotta finish up soon because I gotta go to work. Gotcha. Let's go full circle now and go back to the point that I was gonna make before <laughs> we did this whole podcast, yeah. right? And I forget what we were even gonna talk about, but I remember, I just remembered. Um, okay, this was what I was gonna say, right? We were talking about oh, making a making a story, right? This will go back to comedy writing. Right? Okay. So far, we're taking it all the way back. We're taking all the way back to the start. Because yeah. I, I always do this on my podcast where I'll bring up a point and then I'll abandon it and I will not touch upon it again. And then when I listen back to my episodes, I'm like, this is frustrating, Dave. You should probably finish your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, right? So I was hanging out with Griselle and we were writing and I was like trying to do this thing. Oh, yeah, I was telling you about it. Okay. It was uh, the grammar mm-hmm. trolling. I was setting the stage with all my trolling. Well, one of the specific ways to troll that's hilarious that maybe you saw me do before I got banned is that people, you know how there's all the, let's call them like trigger words for, um, or no, 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 the usual suspects for grammatical errors would be like your versus you are, mm-hmm. or there, the three forms of there. You know, T-H-E-I-R-E-R-E or apostrophe R-E, right? Yeah, yeah. I will bait people by correcting their grammar, but it's already correct. Yeah, you know? which is fantastic. It's, it's, what I found is it's maybe my favorite form of trolling because it's so simple and it's not malicious. It's not mean. It bothers people more than maybe anything you could possibly say to them. I mean, you can call them like a racial slur and they'll probably get mad. Correct their grammar when it's already correct. And you'll see true, true anger. You know? And I would do this. I would double down. I would double down. So people, I would go. Just like, you're, you fucking exactly, idiot. It's exactly. like, what? I said you're. That's what I would do. So I would go. I would go. They said, they said like, you are. And they do apostrophe R-E. And I'll go. I'll just say, you're possessive the yeah. wrong way. And I'll just do the asterisk <laughs> with no further yeah, notes. Yeah. And then they or someone else will step in. Usually it's someone else. And they'll go, actually, they use the proper form of your. And then I would say to that person, I would go, English must be your second language. And then I start making fun of them. And they, so often I get so deep. My best one ever, which I have a picture of it on my phone somewhere, <laughs> was that I actually wrote an entire like paragraph tweet. And it was just riddled with every single grammatical error I could possibly make. Commas in the wrong place. Every, I used all those words the wrong way. I used the wrong form of there, the wrong form of your life. Everything is wrong. Everything within it is wrong. And I sent it to this person and she corrected one of one. of the things, just one of the things at the end, but was taking what I was saying seriously because I was like, I was like your, you know, wrong form of your, yeah, I know. I was like wrong form of your writing is atrocious, like spelled wrong or whatever. And I just went on and on and I just go, if you want my forgiveness, you'll have to beg for it. That's how I ended it. (laughs) I was just being ridiculous. And then this person goes, I will not be begging you for your forgiveness. And by the way, you misspelled this. And I was like, dude, how did you not see it there? I was like, I was trying to spell it out for you. Like, I'm just joking. The problem is. Is that there's the some people that dumb. I know. You always like there like you wrote all that wrong, but there's a guy who's writing 
And that's just his writing. I know. That's just the way he is. We always forget that people are stupid. Yeah. You know? And we shouldn't give them that much credit. That's what I hate when Bernie Sanders is like, the people of America are not that silly. Yes, they are. They really are. Yeah. They're not above it. They're just that dumb. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, she just thinks like, oh, this is the American school system has failed this kid. I know. know. Which is hilarious. And you're just like, I don't know. Playing dumb is the smartest thing, really. It's like the only it's way so to It's so much fun. Yeah. I will say this. There was one time that I did the grammar trolling on Instagram. And me and this person went back and forth for like three comments. And then the person realized that I was joking. And the person went, oh my gosh, you're fucking with me. And I was like, yeah, smiling face. And they were like, followed me. And I followed them back. And like, we we bonded. Yeah. <laughs> the person was like, oh, you got me. And I was like, I got you, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, but it was like Dude. the best reaction. Yeah. It was like, oh, that was funny. You know? And yeah. I was like, thanks. Because that's all I was trying to do. <laughs> be like, exactly. yeah. be a funny asshole. To be a funny asshole. What I was going to say, this was the point. Forming it into a story. I realized that I had that as an individual portion of a joke. Which really I can only do for younger audiences because they have to know what like... Trolling is. Yeah, and they have to know the meme that is the... Like your asterisk. You know, like how to correct someone. Mm -hmm. And But if it was a younger audience, then I would do like, okay, I'm a master troll. Former master troll. Here's some of the things I did. Put that in right there along with some other trolling tactics. Then I get banned from Twitter. And then I'm like going through troll withdrawal. This is the overall story arc now. You should have that on a business card. Like comedian slash master troll. (laughs) (laughs) Exiled from Twitter. I've trolled the best and the brightest. I'll do that on my updated cards. I still, I always forget to give out my cards, but I still got like 400. But when I get the next batch... They're really cheap, I was, by the way. Yeah, I, I you get five hundred cards anything. for like ten bucks, dude. And so that's that's a big problem with me as a comedian. I have horrible business sense. I know I do. Like I don't. I have do a too. I have horrible business sense. I mean, I have no a cards. website that I barely update, yeah. and I have business cards that are funny. I just forget to give them out. Yeah. But that's key to me when I see a regular business card with just like a face on it. I'm like, it's boring. It would be. It would help if it was funny. Yeah. If you can make it funny, they're like, that's a good sign. Because if you're just giving them the card, they don't know anything about you. They'll just have the card. But if the card's funny, they'll like, they might even show people. Like, look, this is a funny card. You know? It helps. Yeah. If you can make it funny. But it's hard to make it. Like, that's that's a real skill right there. Like, copywriting, or what they do, that's retarded. Like, to make boring things funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you mean like copywriters, like, yeah, like that kind of thing? Advertising, yeah. like, where they make, like insurance funny it's tricky sometimes i'm like very impressed with yeah certain companies have like great copywriters working for them yeah no dude jerry seinfeld tried to get into it and it was like he was like mm, mm, it's too hard you know like that's how hard it is to like make things like that funny you're trapped at, like you're you're locked in it would be like someone it would be like if we as comedians like had topics but we could only work on those topics exactly and yeah. it's like I'm hiring you for tonight, and you have to tell jokes about having kids. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't oh, have kids. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, that you don't have to have kids, but you're going to have to figure it out. you got to make it funny. Exactly. You know? Then you're going to be 12 turtles, and you so, need to make yeah. jokes. Yeah. You're going to be thinking so hard. Whereas, like, 
you know, nothing could be more free than sitting down to write jokes. You can write about anything you oh, want. Dude, so it's the greatest. It's easier in that sense. Like copywriting, you know, like we have a client. It's a health insurance company. They got a new product. They need a funny line. Like that would be tough. Yeah. That would be tough. Did you ever want to be a writer, like a professional before comedy? Um. Yeah, dude. When I was like little, I wanted to be an author. Yeah, because like, I feel like comedy writing killed uh, any other kind of writing for me because it's just not as free. Oh, I love I love writing like blog posts and shit. And dude, nothing. I mean, you know what's more free than comedy is like short story writing. See, I can't do that anymore. I used to do that. I was pretty good at it. I got you I got like totally some stories. I got some you. stories published. I used to do it. Really? Yeah. But well, you don't even have to, you don't have to, well, I guess you lose freedom as it goes on because you have to, you, you have, have to, to keep tie storylines story yeah. and like, but at, at least that initial, you know, be, and hopefully by the time you're locked in, you're enjoying the story. Yeah. yeah. And that'll keep you locked, like, like, you know, going along on it. But cause that's the way I found comedy. Actually, I was, a, I was just an English major in college and I was failing. I was such a bad writer. I was horrible. And then I started doing comedy in my writing. And I was in it. It made me believe it's like, oh, I can I can go out and do jokes mm-hmm. like I can actually follow this dream and like do it. And yeah, but ever since then, I I cannot write like I can't sit down and write a story anymore. That's interesting. I haven't done it in a while. Well, actually, I was trying to write the fifth part of the Yakuza Chronicles yeah. And I was like, ah, this isn't, you know. I'm trying to make it now, like, in the old Yakuza Chronicle episode, I don't know if you ever listened to him, but it's like, Venmo is the evil. Because yeah. at the time, I was dealing with almost yeah, getting banned from funny, Venmo. Yeah. But now it's like Twitter. Yeah. The new story is like, I'm in Tokyo, and I've been working for the Yakuza, and now Twitter <laughs> is like my new enemy. I'm trying to figure it out. But, um, yeah, no, I've been doing a lot less. I will say that. I've been doing a lot less, but... I don't know. I, there, there's like, there's things that I really like about writing non-comedy as well as comedy. Yeah, definitely. Like if I, you know, like, I don't know. It, it'd be, writing's like a job that I'd be like, I'm okay doing this, you know? Yeah. Most jobs I'd be like, no, keep me the fuck away from that. I can't do it. Can't do it. You want me to do administrative tasks? No. I'm sorry. You want me to use Microsoft Excel? No. But if, if I was, if like writing was my job, I'd be like, oh, this is fine. And uh, I, dude, like, uh, I don't know how I can do a job anymore. After doing comedy, just going back to your job after having a good night of comedy is. What do you do? What's your job? I sell glasses. That's it. And I, like, I, I have to try and use comedy right. to like sell my glasses. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like I. I like pretend to care about them so I can like I'm crowd working I'm just gaining material right, so I can right. just unleash it in, a, in like a, a way that they spend more money that's funny well I I mean like for money I just basically like I do the freelance writing but that's yeah. barely anything and then I just do valet yeah but it's not enough to move out but at least like when people are in that wedding for four hours I could just write jokes that's true and yeah. read it's the best part it makes the job awesome. Like, if I had benefits and, like, you know, made 50 grand a year doing valet, I would do yeah. valet fucking forever. Yeah, yeah. You know? I would do that indefinitely until comedy takes off, which 
which will take years, you know? I would do that, like, in a heartbeat. I actually enjoyed that job. When I was a recruiter, I fucking hated, hated yeah. that shit. That seems like a chill job, though. You don't it's really not, do much, dude. right? It's not. No, you do. I mean, you're just cold calling. And you're just, yeah, getting people to... Trying to sell people jobs. And then you realize, like, oh, these jobs fucking suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you gotta sell them. I know. And then you're <laughs> you don't like, have to sell good jobs. Yeah. One time I actually got a person the job. They were like, yeah, this sounds awesome. I was like, I was new. So I was like, great. We got you the job, like, basically. You know, I was like, we just got to do a few more things. And then I get a notification, like, oh, they already filled that. So you got to call that person back and tell them they don't have the job. I was like, what the fuck, dude? So I had to call this person back and be like, remember how we were both really stoked, like, 20 <laughs> minutes ago that you had a new job? It's actually, they closed it. If it reopens, I'll let you know. Bye. You know, like, that was yeah, basically, yeah. I was like, this job fucking blows. Yeah, that's basically what I do, just with glasses. I'm yeah. just walking up to people like, hey, you want to buy glasses? There's today? so many, all the jobs are the same. It's yeah. the same thing. It's amazing. It's, it's garbage. It's the same thing. It's garbage. Oh, it's And so they're wondering stupid. why people like feel like they don't have purpose. Like, try and have purpose so selling stupid, glasses, man. Bro. I might just go full communist. Yeah. You know, I might. Full China? I might, I mean, I was thinking, like, communism's horrible, but I don't have Uyghurs any. off the street. Yeah, yeah, Uyghurs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's that's it for, for now, you yeah. know? We'll definitely do another episode soon. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for joining us thank here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. Audience, thank you for listening. We love you here at Storytime with Dave, and we'll see you next time.